Hi, Slate Plusers. Okay, so what you're about to hear is our Double X Gab Fest conversation about the last, God, how many years have we been producing this podcast? A really, really long time, although it's had a rotating cast of characters, but it's been a long time. Uh, the Culture Gab Fest, the Political Gab Fest, and Hang Up and Listen made similar segments. Uh, you can check your Slate Plus podcast feed for this podcast extra that features all four conversations. Thank you for your membership, and here we go. All right. Well, we are going to do a walk down memory lane for the 20th anniversary of Slate. We are going to tell you about some of our favorite moments on the Double X Gab Fest. June is going to join us from England. And we're each going to say shows that stick out for us, shows in the past, shows we listened to, shows we were a part of on the Double X Gab Fest. Noreen, why don't you go first? Well, I was not a part of the most illustrious moment in Double X Gab Fest history. I heard it as a listener. I think it was a, a Thanksgiving break and I was off and you guys had Sabrina Erdley on to talk about her Rolling Stone article about an appalling campus rape. And you guys questioned her and got the ball rolling on this giant scandal, essentially. And it was like a, a real moment of journalism that occurred on the Double X Gab Fest because I wasn't there. <laughs> that was all <laughs> Hannah Rosen, by the way, all Hannah Rosen. But that was like collaborative, you know, accidental journalism of a kind that I don't think I've ever done or participated in. It was just like bubbling up in the moment mm -hmm. in this kind of weird, awkward way. And I remember our producer at the time said, you know, this is kind of like a weird segment. Like, this is not what a GabFest is about. Like, mm -hmm. we don't do this kind of thing on the GabFest. We don't grill our guests. And yet it just kind of arose natural. I mean, it was awkward. Um, just a last thing. So the way this will probably spin out now is the university will do some kind of investigation. I imagine they'll find these guys and put them on the record. And it's possible the guys will just deny it, right? Because everyone knows who Drew was on her lifeguard shift. He can't be that hard to find, you know? And so how will Jackie prove her case? Like, what made you believe that her story was true? What were the most convincing? If you were her lawyer in court, what would make you, how would you prove her case? Um, well, look, I'm not a lawyer. I'm a journalist. But I will just say that I, I found her story to be very, I found her to be very credible. Uh-huh. Um, she, you know, I, I put her story through the ringer to the extent that I could. I spoke to, you know, virtually all of her friends um, to find out what she had told them at various points. And those and, those matched, like the friends she spoke to at the time said, yes, she had bruises from going through the glass table or whatever. Well, I just, I found it to be very consistent. And, and, I, and I think that, and you know, the, the degree of her trauma, like there's no doubt in my mind that something happened to her that night. Mm -hmm. um, what exactly happened? You know, I wasn't in that room. I, I don't know. And I, I do tell it from her point of view. But right. my, my hope is that, I mean, it's my great hope that she'll be able to kind of come forward and, and be able to hold these, these men accountable, you know, in, in criminal court. I'm sure you heard that, Noreen, as yeah. you're listening to it. Like, it felt unnatural on the air and awkward and weird, right? No, it was kind of thrilling. I was driving with my sister, who's also a journalist, and we were like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you guys sort of paused, and once she left, you had a second segment to, like, dissect it, which I also thought was great to actually air your thoughts about what had happened. Smart producing. Yeah, and that, that case rolls on. That case rolls on with mm -hmm. lawsuits and lawsuits about lawsuits and... So anyway, that had a life. 
All right, I'll go next. I'll go next. Um, so my favorite show, the one that stands out in my memory, was from a long time ago. It was from 2012, and it was a live show that we did with Samantha B uh-huh. in New York. And it was so funny because we actually had her on to talk about at the time it was like The Daily Show and women and female comedians. It's like when that issue was kind of new. But we were also talking about Spanx and the founder, <laughs> Sarah Blakely, who just had like a great profile in The New Yorker. And Samantha B, who was sitting in the front row, just like jumped on stage to talk about Spanx. She really had a wow. lot to say about Spanx. I remember so, that. It, she, I just like will never forget that because she was talking about like, hell yeah, she wears Spanx all the time. And we talked about Spanx fainting, the, the phenomenon where you're like your Spanx are too tight. And so you faint. And anyway, it was just really, really, really funny. And, and now she, that I love her show. And she yeah. told us that her husband wore Spanx. And I've always remembered <laughs> right. that. Every time I see Jason Jones, I'm like, I know. I know what's going on <laughs> under there. <laughs> I have so much. I have so much to add about the conversation. On, uh, I'm wearing a Spanx right now. I'm literally. How many? The Bralaluya or just the no, uh, power I'm wearing, panties? Uh, I am a. I am an absolutely unabashed Spanx lover, and I'm wearing a tank top, so I'm not suffocating my vagina. <laughs> Earmuffs. Um, really there are so many, and also, and Jason's gonna kill me. <laughs> he wears Spanx. I bought him. Um, wait, I call it a Manx, and I bought him. <laughs> I bought it for him as a joke last Christmas, and I put it in a stock, and I was like, enjoy your manx. And he totally wears it. It's great. On air? On okay. air? Oh, or yeah. Or, like, off air? So the New Yorker, you would never know. I mean, you would never. The New Yorker profile of Sarah Blakely had a really great quote from a tugboat captain. Okay. <laughs> he was in the group that was, you know, they were trying to market it to them, and he yeah. loved them so much. He took them home with him, it that tugboat probably, captain. He so. probably feels very supported in his tugboat <laughs> Just that I Stop tugging. In my boat. That's the actual Spanx thing, though, is that they like maybe it's a placebo effect, but people feel like, okay, this is fine. I'm wearing my Spanx. I can just sit however I want to sit. I don't have to worry about like, you know. So, so here's Listen. a feminist argument for Spanx: is that they give you confidence. They give you confidence. Well, okay. I, I will power panties. That's why they're called power panties. I really can't imagine, as a person who wears Spanx and is not afraid to talk about it. And by the way, I would like to say for the record, that almost everyone I've met through my travels in Hollywood, they wear multiple layers of Spanx. Like, we're not talking about like, one Spanx here. We're talking triple layers of Spanx. Really? When you see women at award shows and you wonder how they got those smooth lines, I could tell you some tale. So that was definitely the one that stands out for me. June, do you have one? Well, I do, but I have to say that it was very strange to think about this because it was a real effort. When we record these shows, like, it's fun. Yeah, we do it early in the morning and all that and blah, blah. But, like, it's fun if I feel it, find it very energizing. I enjoy it. But I think I have a kind of amnesia afterward because I find it really hard to think of any show beyond, like, the last episode. Yeah, you totally. Know, it just kind of disappears. And I do listen to them afterward as well, but... You know, in the way that I might be able to think of an episode of, I don't know, you know, any other podcast, something weird happens to my brain. So that was interesting. But I think the shows that have been most memorable to me are the ones where we're all together because typically Noreen and I are here sitting in the same room, but then Hannah is off in that other city to the south. And so when we actually get to be together, it's really a thrill and a treat. So often that happens on you know, live shows, which are a little extra stressy because we've got an audience and everything. But one time we had Alison Bechtel in the studio. So it was the 
the three of us and Alison Bechdel and you guys had just seen Fun Home. And of course, Alison is great. But again, just like seeing you all, even though it was Aww. a Saturday afternoon and uh, and all of that, it was that was uh, a standout show for me. And and fun that home show was so calls good. up a real mood for me because yeah. I like ran off the train, my train yes. was late, ran to see Fun Home, then ran to the studio to record, and I loved Alison Beck. Like she's such an awesome presence. Yeah, there's a line in the play which I just realized came directly from an interview I did about Fun Home in 2006, where I I say. My dad and I grew up in the same small Pennsylvania town. He was gay. And I was gay. He killed himself, and I became a lesbian cartoonist. That is, to me, that, like the summary line of the play. It's so interesting. Yeah. I know. So they, it found its way into the play. And also it was Saturday, yeah. which is weird for us yeah. to just be in this kind of like empty office recording yeah. on a Saturday. Yeah. Um, that was really great. I yeah. agree. Yeah. All right. Well, love and memories to all of us. <laughs> This is the Double X Gab Fest late night radio show. I'm trying to do like that late night radio show voice. Delilah. Um, well, thank you all. Deli- Delilah. <laughs> all right. Well, I hope we keep recording for a long, long time. Another thank 20 years? Another 20 years for sure. Just like Judge Judy. <laughs> Just like Judge Judy until we're 75.